Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night cheer. Uh, pardon for the late start tonight of four minutes because Mairiv starts a little later because of the Shkia, because of the Zman. Um, unfortunately, next week I don't believe it's Shir. It's Wednesday night, it's Jamtiv, Shwuz. Sheikh will come, we'll only have to keep one night. One day, so Wednesday night, we could be a shir. This Shabbos, Pashat Bamidbar, which frequently finds itself before Shavuot, which we'll talk about. This week is Perek Shishi and Pirkei Oves. The shirs each week, and we'll add a little bit about Satan, Mirat Shemotzov, another this week, as every week for the year, is dedicated to the Nishmas, Nachim Yaakov, and Sihir Shalom, and to Bashev Echana, Shalom. Yibadlu, Basib Avram, Shriyachia. And we have Yatshem this Sunday, will be Zeicha to the Chasna of our children, Rachel Mendel to Asterix and Tehate. If you're in the area, if you're in New York, please join us. Chupu will be outside 770 at 5 p.m. in Yatshem. Um. The proper way to get started this year would, of course, be. We're going to also connect this week Pirkiyavis with the Pasha as well, not just uh, Shavuos with the Pasha. Shavuos with the Pasha is not a really, a, it's not such a big phenomenon. But the connect Pirkei with the Pasha also, it's going to be a little trickier. Something I haven't uh, ventured to do yet. Although I'm sure there are Sikhs of the Rebbe, many Sikhs of the Rebbe, Mikasha the two. It's a simple, actually it's not even the Pasha itself, it's Rashi's explanation of the Pasha connecting with Pirkei Pashat Bamidbar, as we said, always has to come up before Shavuos. It is not always the Shabbos directly before Shavuos, but it always needs to be on Shavuos. A minute. Someone has got his message for 9.05 and is just joining us at 9.06. We'll reboot that thought in just a moment as the second person comes in online. Okay, welcome online. Um, I believe you had another guest for me. Whoops. Hello. 15.03. Um... So we bring a guest this week. No guest yet? Okay, so you'll give him the Skype name and uh, we'll be at Shem have him join us in the future ventures. Whoops, the dove called. Nobody answered the phone? Okay. Connection, of course, between Chagashvuiz and Pashas Bamidbar. Pashat Midbar, as we said, is read always before Chagashuas, and here we see the Bechina, the concept of a preparation for Chagashuas. Each and every year, Chagashuas is a holiday which we are given the Torah from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and the Eibushtem. We are Mechadish the Torah. We make a renewing, we renew our vows, as we would say. And therefore, it's quite clear that the preparations for the Kabbalah of Torah, of this new step, this new level, needs to be in a form of the Achana to be Mechabal the for the first time. Same way where they prepare themselves. Now unfortunately the first time they got the Teda they slept that night. Which is something we pay for till today. We stay awake for that. But the main frame idea of preparation for Matan Teda was 
the achdus, the uni- unity and the peace between the people. Man, the only the cardinal, right? Chazal teach us. The pasuk says, "Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahor." The Jews rested in front of the mountain. Vayichan is singular. It doesn't say Vayachanu in plural that they rested. It says he rested. The pasuk prior to that says, "When they journeyed, Vayisu Mirfidim." They traveled from Mirfidim. Vayachanu Bamidbar, and they rested in Midbar. Why then does it say Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahar Lashon Yachid singular? This hints to us that they stood by Machtera Kiyish Echad Belev Echad as one person. The Medish tells us Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give the Jews, wanted to give the Torah to the Jews. As soon as they left Egypt. But there was still a little bit of rift between people. It was now when they arrived at Sinai, everything was straightened out. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, the Teda is peace. Who will I give this to? To a nation that is at peace and love with one another. Not just unity. Not just a union or a group of people gathering together. Rather, this Achtas was Neged Hahor, which we're going to, Hashem, discuss as well. The concept of Neged Hahor, the mountain itself, the name of its mountain, and the fact that it was found in the desert. The unity that was around this mountain, and around what it stood for is called Hatereva Mitzis. The Yudim, the Yidden, the Jews were united through Tera. Since they were united through Tera, this is a unity that is everlasting, it's perpetual. And it also brings much bracha, much blessing, and shefa, Lamaila, and plentitude from Lamaila. From above. What was the strength of this Achtas, of this unity? Truthfully, everyone could find the common denominator. Sometimes there's a faction that everyone's going out against, and they unite for that. The secret of the Deha Flogga, for example, the generation after the flood that stood up and they were going to build a tower. What was their power? Their main strength, the Pasuk tells us in the Chumash Bereshis, in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, Pedic Yidalaf, Pasuk Aleph, that what was their power, the strength, one language, they spoke together. And therefore, they united. What? And therefore, they united. Therefore, what did Hashem say about this? When this generation stood up to build a tower against God, it's not going to be, it's not working. It's not going to go down. Not the way they think this is going down. And what was the breaking point? Because since this was not according to Teda, their unity did not have a perpetuality. It could not last. And since the unity did not last, they dissipated, they fell apart. The main part was they obviously gave everyone a different language. 
And because now they spoke different languages, they didn't understand what, what each one wanted. When we tell it to the children, it's explained in an elaborate way. This guy said a hammer, and this guy thought hammer in his language was something totally different. So he handed him a different tool. And therefore, since the tools were going back and forth, they were throwing at each other, and they were getting very disappointed and very disheartened from one another. The unity that came around the Matantera, this has a true basis. While standing by Hasina, Kaddish Baruch revealed to them his most inner, inner existence. And in the Tera itself is also entered as such. Nafshoi, the Almighty Soul, was entered. You're keeping score at home, the Gemara of Shabbos, Kufei Amar Aleph, 105, side 1, where the Gemara talks about Anoichi. Anoichi is an acronym for Ano, Nafshi, Ksovis, Yehovis. My Nafshi, my whole essence, the Tevish they gave in the Teda. Therefore, when I'm Yisrael united around the Teda, this unity gathered from all the Nishamas between their first roots HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and therefore they were able to achieve Ish Echad believe Echad each man, one heart one soul, one person therefore the lesson to us is as we stand now tomorrow's Erev Rishchidosh Sunday Rishchidosh Friday Rishchidosh and therefore we now embark on our true last minute preparations before Matantera, which we've been preparing for seven weeks. This now preparation gives us strength in Avas Yisrael. And this needs to be brought about in a shtadlus, in an effort to reach out to a fellow Jew and to bring them to the light of Tera. That's why I thought it was so ironic that you told me somebody else wanted to listen to this here tonight. That's exactly... I, I think it was around the time when I looked at this point that you said that you asked that question. And therefore there is no other more profound unity that one than the one that re, revolves around Tera. And we have to know that this is incumbent on each and every person. The Mazichim Magid said, he explained the Mishnah, in Pirkei Perik Beis, Mishnah Aleph. The Mishnah says, Da Malamayla Mimoch, which literal translation is, Know what is above you. Ah, we have to blame this on Skype. We have to get on Skype's case. It's, it's, a, it's an issue. Skype is letting us down lately. So far, Baruch Hashem. But you had a week, also a week that Skype wasn't working. He explains the Mishnah, Da, you should know, Everything that happens, In all the worlds above, It's all from you. It's all what you did here on this world. All that we do and work on on this world has a direct effect above. And it therefore says the Magid, the Mazisha Magid, it's all up to us. The person needs to see the world standing on a scale of two hands, of two plates. On one side, his actual actions can tip it and to achieve Matan With this preparation, therefore, we are definite, we are sure that we will Zeche Tikabolos HaTeda Besimcha Obeprimius.
<laughs> I can't compete with that, can I? Chas v'sholem. Chas v'sholem. No. Don Lekavskus. He said it. That's what it was. And the proof is he's going to go download it later. You'll see. <laughs> where they found the great part of downloading where you can put the rabbi on pause the essence of a parsha though is its name the name of the parsha teaches us what the parsha is all about so as we spoke before I said that we're going to look into how this comes directly with the union of Teda, and what Teda is really, really all about to us. Not only is what we spoke till now a preparation for Matan Teda, but even deeper, the actual name of the Parsha. The name of the Parsha is Bamidbar. The Chumash is named Bamidbar, but this Parsha is called Bamidbar. What is it in the Olden days, they used to have the first two uh, cat the phrase of the pasha, which called the pasha. This phrase would be Bamidbar Sinai, because that's the midbar it's referring to. Let's get our thoughts straight here. Taylor, we just said, is beautiful, is glorious, is glamorous, is unite is is capable of uniting, bringing together, joining. And what parsha do we choose to introduce the Torah? The Midbar Sinai. A total, total opposite. Midbar is a desert. One of the most horrific and desolate places a person can ever want, not want to be. He's still outside. Midbar is an unsettled place. Nothing grows in a desert. Nothing happens in a desert. Except for cactus. And then I'll tell you another secret. Sinai isn't a very good word either. Sinai, if you keep me score at home, the Gemara and Shabbos pay tests. 89 on the bottom of side 1. Sinai is a lotion of Sino. Hatred. Why is it called Sinai? The Gemara says there, Because the world hates it. The world became very resentful to this concept. How therefore is it possible that Midbar the desolate desert and Sinai from the Loshan of Sina should be a preparation for Matan Teda. It's a total un, it's not it's not a given, it's a total ungiven. Let us understand what are the stipulations for studying Teda. The Sinai Desert, really? The Middle East? That's where they're... The whole fighting, when they conquered the Sinai, and they wanted to give back, and then Egyptians wanted to give them back, and the Jews don't give it back, and that's why we were protected, that's why we're safe. And the Rebbe said, in no way it should be given back, because it's so dangerous for us to give back any land. Thank you very much. We got it? No, we don't got it. Is the Middle East in Asia or Africa? Israel is part of Africa? Yes. It's not Asia. Asia is Russia and, and that to that end. It's got to be Africa. The Middle East is Africa. Middle East is not in Africa? Where's the Middle East? Middle East is in Asia. In Asia? Central Asia. How do you get the Middle East to Central Asia? Central Asia is Russia. Africa's down south. Correct. So Morocco... Morocco is also Asia. It's also Africa. All right. Is, is this a test? 
Uh, I like passing. Geography <laughs> <laughs> regions. Yeah. My geography regions I took, uh, I think, like 40 years ago, or 45 years ago. <clears throat> Let us understand. Wait, I'm getting, I'm getting a geography. Are you Googling it? Sure. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're the real African Americans in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Two points to the IRS. <laughs> you see that? Well, the truth is, anti-Semitism is the Jews and blacks equal. <laughs> Gotta keep that one down. What stipulations are necessary for the study of Tata? Control delete. A person needs to obliterate everything from his mind, leaving place only for Tata. So that one is not in any which way, form, or fashion disturbed from his study of Tata. Person that wants to learn Tata needs to approach it with a total detachment from everything around. Be literally Messiah Das, not to be thinking about it. The person needs to detach themselves from anything that's not Teda. Even in Teda, if it's not negated to what you're learning, the Gemara tells us, that there was an Amida that asked a question to a, to another Amida. And he said, I'm not involved in that sugya now. <laughs> and therefore would not answer him. <coughs> Who's this now? Hello? <laughs> okay. Okay, so i Okay, Shkech. Okay, Chotom. So one needs to totally be involved in only the sugya they're learning. The Mishnah Pekiyav has told us that a person that involves themselves to learn Teda in order to know it merits to learn it and to teach it. <coughs> so all different parts of Teda are actually bound, tied in, united with this union. But this is all the second level of learning. When the person needs to approach his study of Teda, he needs to only be involved in, I want to learn. I'm not looking to learn to teach, I'm looking to learn it. And he has to therefore be totally detached from any other parts of Teda, so that he absorb and become one with this Teda. There's a story about, of the, the mental Futafas During communist Russia, they wouldn't let you didn't have any Svarim. One day he saw a friend coming out of a room where the Gniza was, the Shemus. When a book tears, a safer tears, we don't throw it out. It gets put away in Shemus. There are certain things that we, we have, Dvar Malchus or the Chayenu. At the end of the week, where do we do it? It's put in Seamus. So sometimes you have whole booklets and even whole Svarim in there. 
But in the vast majority of the time, it's torn out pages. Pages that fell out of a siddha, of a chumash. He saw his friend coming out. A bunch of papers in his hand. What are you doing? I take it home. I bind it. And I have a safe. <laughs> the battle says, there's no hands, no feet here. You have a page from Chumash, you have a page from Siddhi, you have a page from Mishnai, you have a page from Zaya, you have a page from all different things. He says, there is understanding Tata, there's learning Tata, and there's Tata. Tata is etzim. The etzim of Tata, the essence of Tata, is what I need to have. I'll read this page, I'll turn the page, and it won't make sense anymore. That's not relevant. The main thing is I'll have Asius Hatera in front of me. I'll have a book, I'll have a something a safer of Tata, Tata words written in front of me. And this is what he tried to this was the lesson that this Khassad used to do. And he did it this is what he used to do on a frequent basis. Tells us now that the preparation for Tata When we approach Tata, it needs to be the same way. Tata, the Chachmah of Tata, the beauty, the intelligence, what we are grasping, what we're becoming with this learning of Tata. How do you do this? In the Midbar. A Midbar is an unsettled place, nothing is happening there. There's no other people, there's nothing to distract you. Mm-hmm. Nothing happening. A Jew needs to approach Tata that way. He needs to feel, I'm in a desert. There's nothing around me. It's me and my Tata alone. Chazal tells us, Anyone who does not make himself like a desert which belongs to nobody, he cannot purchase, he cannot acquire Tata and Chachma. But this is not alone, this is not alone enough. Whoops, this alone is not enough. That makes more sense. Whew, how did I do that? We also need to have an union of Sinai, of Lush and Sina. When the Jew comes forth and he learns Tata, it's not enough that he detaches himself from world and worldly matters. He needs to actually apply himself a hatred to anything else. He can't tolerate anything else. There's no, zero tolerance for anything except for the world of Tata. Why? Because it's disturbing my Tata. If you're disturbing my Tata, I do not like you. When one prepares themselves to learn Tata this way, they sit down with a Tata where they detach themselves from anything. And they oid. They, they have a, a, a hatred to anything but Tata, or anything that's going to disturb his Tata. Then the person can successfully learn Tata. And ultimately teach it. And make a difference in the world. It's not Shalom, we want you to hate the world. We're only hating whatever is disturbing Tata. Even another person, I don't hate the person. I hate the fact that he's talking to me during my learning Tata, not letting me learn Tata. Not him. Shalom. Adrab, I want to turn him into a, a Talmud Chacham as well. To let him find his true source. Let him find where he's coming from. Let him also involve himself in Tera. And this way we make, cause Yasle Dira B'Tachtenim, we make the Dira L'Izbarak B'Tachtenim, Bias Mashiach Tzidkenu, and we ultimately Zechat to the Gula Amitah Sashtenim.
Pasuk 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess being a mensch. <laughs> Chapter 3, verse 15. Pere Gimel, Pasuk Tezvav. Count B'nei Levi. Now, they, it's very interesting to note that B'nei Shevet, in the same Pasukim it says that Shevet Levi Leia spoke to, and not counted, should not be counted. And now he's saying Pekedus Levi. Says Rashi, Meshiyatza Michal Neflim, Hu Nimna Likare Shemer Mishmeres Akedish. When he goes out of the category of Neflim, where the child is after 30 days usually, he goes into the level of Shemer Mishmeres Akedish. He's already the Levim's job obligation was to watch in the Beis Hamidosh. He already is in his, he's in his realm. Then Rashi does something totally out of the ordinary. And Rashi quotes, Amr Abi Yehuda Bar Shalom. Limudu Eisa Shevet Liyeis Nimnem Erabeten. This teaches us that this Shevet was counted from the womb. When they counted in Shevet Levi, they were able to count already from the womb. And the children in the womb already counted as well. We want to understand what is Rashi changing his MO and quoting somebody. The Mishnah tells us a person that quotes somebody, says something in somebody's name, brings about redemption to the world. Beautiful. But Rashi never does that. Rashi is giving us Pirish Hamilam. We just explain to the Mechamesh, the Mikra, what's going on. I shouldn't look at the phone, but someone just posted a beautiful picture of Birch Kahanam, I guess, by the Kotel. Look what it says. Beautiful about when your entire family comes all over at once, over all at once, and you see a picture of tens of thousands of people by the kotel. Let's for, let's see if I could forward this from from here. <coughs> no, that doesn't work. I have to do something else. Okay. Um. Oh. This button. That looks good. It's going to come from another phone. Let us understand why is Rashi quoting Yehuda Bar Shalom, Reb Shalom. It's not his MO. Rashi is coming to explain here what is it now they're counting the Levim mi Ben Chedesh. They're counting the Levi from a month old. A Levi could not. Ah, you like? That's gorgeous, no? Mm-hmm. If you'd come Sunday, you'd see that also. At the wedding, yeah. <laughs> the the Shevet Levi was not obligated to come to work until they were 30 years old. They did not. They could not start working until they were 30. But yet, here he's saying... When he goes out 30 days, he's no longer considered a nafel, a miscarriage, then he already goes into the shame and He's called one of the shame. <laughs> it's not even Shaykh. But still, he has the name, the nickname, shame and The Legion. 
So we have a question here. What is this all about? What Tayelis does he have from this? That he calls him this name when it's not anything, it, it doesn't have really any effect. We can understand this because Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shalom. He goes according to what he always talks about. The concept of calling a person by the name is a tremendous thing. And therefore it's very important that we always use our Hebrew name. The Yemari Yerushalmi asks, if you give me score at home, but very few of us are opening Yerushalmi's. It says, David reigned for 40 years. R-E-I-G-N. Get that word straight. Yes, thank you. And it says, in Hebron, he ruled over Yehuda seven years and six months. In Yerushalayim, he ruled 33 years. Perhaps you don't count the other six months that are lacking here, because it's mentioned in another pasuk. And there are many answers as to what really. Amr Ab Yudin Bey Reb Shalom, which is Reb Yehuda Reb Shalom. Ksivit says Kisheshes Chadashim Yoshev Sham Yeyav Chal Yisrael. For six months sat there Yoyev and his, all the Jews. Don't trepid them. It's not, not going to affect you whatsoever. They're not going to count you. So we see therefore the Shita of Yudha Barab Shalom is that the Tera is not calling David Melech for six months. It's not being counted by you. Even though that he was still the din, the din as a king, this is considered a punishment. And therefore, Merubah the Teva, that we read the Levim, Ashemim Mishmeres HaKedosh, this is already a tremendous, whoops, what happened? A tremendous Mila by the Jews. One minute. Someone fell out. Don't know. Who said that there's no problem with Skype? Wow. Pushing wrong buttons. Yeah. So we remember now, we quoted the Behudah Rav Shalom. And the Behudah Rav Shalom is very adamant. There you are. Welcome back. Yudhar Shalom is very adamant hmm. Okay, it's not Yudhar Shalom. Okay, I will apologize that anti-climax of the uh, the connection between Birkiyavis and the Pos- and the Parsha it's not Yehuda Ben Shalom. I was taking a different Mishnah. It's Shimon Ben Yehuda. All right, I, for, I ask forgiveness. This week's Pedic, the Pedic everybody looks forward to Pedic Shishi. Chachamim. Why do we look forward to it? It's just twice as long as the rest of the program. So the Pirkei Avashir is longer. <laughs> which means it's more snack. I guess. Pedic Vav. In this Pedic actually, they're not referred to as missions, they're referred to as Brises. Each section is referred to as Brises, whereas till now, First five parakim, each thing was a Mishnah. These are prices. One time, and we have a lot of time, we'll explain the difference maybe between prices and Mishnahs and another. 
I don't remember any given shir that I have that much time. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda. The mission says the Brayt says Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai, ben Yechai. Amen. He says, Hanoi beauty, Vakayach and strength, Ve'Aisher and riches. Covered in honor, Vachochman wisdom, Vazikla maturity, Vaseva old age, Vahabonim and children. No le tzadikim, Vino elam. There are good traits for tzadikim to possess this. They can be more effective in influencing people to improve and sanctifying Hashem's name. And if it's in fact good for the tzaddikim, obviously it's good for the Jews. It says in Mishle, Shinemar, Pasik says in Mishle, Ateres Tiferes Seva, ripe old age is a crown of beauty. Bidelech Tzedakah Timotze, and the path of, found in the path of righteousness. Ve'emir also says Tiferes Bechurim Keicham, the beauty of young men is their strength. Vadars Kenim Seva, and the beauty of the old man is ripe old age. Ve'emir says another thing it says. And this is a very important thing because any morning now these doors are going to come bursting through. Ateres gainim b'nei vanim. Grandchildren are the crown of the elderly. V'tiferes bonim avesam. And the glory of the children are their fathers. V'aymer says another thing. Brought down in Yeshaya. Due to their painful embarrassment and shame, the wicked will see even the moon and sun as dark. God all creations rules on Hartzian and Yerushalayim, and honor is given before his mature and his wise elders. And finally, the Brayse finishes Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh Eimer. Shimon ben Manasseh says, "Eidah sheva midas shemano chacham l'tzadikim." These seven traits that the chachamim listed as fitting for tzadikim, kulam miskaimu berebi uvanov. They were all by Rebbe Anasi, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, and his children. So the qualities listed here. Either have a good effect or have shown the opposite, depending how you use it. Tzaddikim use the characteristics for teira mitzvahs, while others use it sometimes for personal gain, personal honor, or even Rahman al to put other people down. Wealth, for example, can be used either to give tzedakah or you control less wealthy people. Same is true. Every trait that Hashem grants a person. It's up to the person how to apply this trait to Avedis Hashem. Who was Rabshim ben Yehuda? He was a younger colleague of Rabbi, of Rabbi Yudanasi, and he was one of the Tanayim who helped compile the Mishnah. He was actually one of the younger students of Rabshim ben Yechai. Not much they know about him. He lived in Akko, and they were referred to him usually as Ishkfar Akko. Great man from the town of Akko. Who was Reb Shimon ben Manasya? He was a student of Reb Meir and a colleague of Reb Yehuda Nasi. He was also one of the teachers of Reb Shimon ben Yehuda. 
He lived to a very ripe old age, Baruch Hashem. And he watched Rebbe's children and their great qualities. And he would split his day into three parts. A third to learn, a third to daven, and a third for work. Or some say he worked in the summer and he learned the entire winter. So that's how he divided his deer. The fact that this is quoted here, the beauty and the kayach and the isha, is quoted by Rabbi Shimon by Yechai, it makes it even more powerful than the whole story. Rabbi Shimon by Yechai was known to be the most removed person from the physical world. And yet he understood and taught about the importance of beauty and honor for Talmud Chacham. And this increases his standing in the eyes of others and allows his influence to spread easier. But as we said, all the qualities mentioned in the Braisa have potential to lead a person down a dangerous road. So a person might think, you know what, don't test me. Let me stay away from everything. Let me live. But the Mishnah tells us they bring benefit, not just to you, they bring benefit to you and to the world at large. So one should not avoid them, but they should involve themselves and be sure to utilize them properly. And that's why the Brayse calls them midas traits. Technically, strength, wealth, honor, old age are assets, not character traits. The one who has good character traits can achieve positive things through them. They're not even assets for ill-mannered person, though. If a person doesn't use them right, they're not even an asset. If you don't know, Rebbe was very, very wealthy. Nevertheless, he used his wealth only to serve Hashem, never for his own benefit. When he was about to pass away, he lifted his fingers towards the heavens and said, Rebbeinu you know that even my little finger hasn't derived personal pleasure from it all. Rabbi Yechanan, who's quoted here, once had an encounter with a bandit named Shimon. Shimon was a very, very strong man. Rabbi Yechanan knew that Teda involves a lot of strength. Vyechelen took the Ganef and he told him to channel his strength for Teda. This Shimon ultimately we know as Rishlokish. Rabbi Yenison Eipschitz was once called in to visit the ruler of his city. There was a terrible decree against the Jews. They were going to be expelled. And to avoid the expulsion he was asked to go visit the ruler. No matter what he said, the anti-Semite refused to budge. An hour was left before the decree which should be enacted. Abiyanison told this, this smug ruler, don't think you'll ever overcome the Jews. Am Yisrael Chayil The Jewish nation will live on forever. The ruler said, yeah, if you write that sentence one time for each Jewish citizen in the city, on a piece of paper no bigger than a mezuzah, I'll revoke the decree. But remember, you only have one hour. Well, ultimately, Rabbi Edison wrote it in a word maze. Taking all the letters of these words and he made it in such a word, in such a fashion that you read it backwards, forwards, up and down, and ultimately it came out enough times for all the people in the city, and it was nullified the decree. Dabradene. Somewhere. Um, one second. Okay, he's here, he's here, he's upstairs. I see he's there. 
Call tell somebody's here for him. The Gemara Masech Seita. Ironically, I was looking through. I was just flipping through way back because now we're holding it almost the end already. Forty something blot in, but yet the Gemara Masech Seita way back on Chavbeis twenty two. Um, the other I found out that she is. Yeah, I found out It says, Itmar, Krav Vishonav Alishimish Tamid Chacham. He learned, he studied, studied scripture, Mishnah, but he did not serve the Torah scholars. This is an Amoritz, a layman, a, a, a unlearned person. Shmuban Achmeni Amar, Hareze Bur. This is a low life. Rabyana Yamer, Hareze Kuti. He's like a sorcerer. He goes on to tell us, the Mishnah, the Gemara goes on to tell us here, also about what an Amaretz is, what a person lacks in doing, what the person doesn't involve himself in later study, why the, how the person does not involve himself in helping out Torah scholars. So much so, the Yimara says a little further, Tanya Nami Hochi Omer Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua said, Are they people that are literally reciting Mishnah? Are they rulers of the world? There are people that settle the world. It says that this way is the world goes on. What are they doing? Because they're issuing halacha ruling based on their knowledge of the Mishnah without the benefit of the Talmudic analysis. The person needs to know when they study Tata. We need to be involved with Tata study. We don't have the option of trying to derive something on our own. As we said in the beginning, one needs to involve themselves by Midbar Sinai. In Midbar, in the level of a desert, where there's desolate, where there's nobody, where there's nothing except for the Teda itself, and as the Teda starts off, the Pasha starts off, Eidabar Hashem, B'mid Ba'astinai, Be'echad Ha'chidish, first Pasuk, the first Rashi, Rashi tells us something very interesting, Mitei the fun of, because the Yavish still loved them so much, Meina Yisim Kol he counted them constantly, counted the Jewish nation, and then Rashi goes and says, Keshiyotzum Mitzrayim Monon, when they left Egypt, he counted them. When people died by the Chet Egel, the sin of the golden calf, he counted them. Lay the minion in his to know how many left over. When they came to the Mishkan, the Shkina to rest on them, he counted them. Rashi, 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 my dear Rashi. The Benchamesh Mikra is totally confused. First, you say, because he loved them, he constantly counted them. And you go on to enumerate only three times that the Elias counted the Jews. <laughs> he constantly loved them, he constantly counted them, and only counted them three times. So what are you trying to confuse us here? 
Chivosan, the fun of the love before the Almighty, is a constant, perpetual. The concept, though, of only Bekol Shah, this is a special connection the Jews have with, the, with God on a constant basis. There's no time limit or frame for the love that the Almighty has for, God, for the Jews. So this is therefore Rashi is explaining these times. There were major changes that took place at these times. When they left Egypt, he counted them. They were no longer slaves of Pari. They now were slaves of God and therefore were able to merit to receive the Tera. This is a new nation, a new entity. God counted them. Then, when they put up the Mishkan, rest amongst you, Kashbaruch was coming to rest amongst the Jews, he's coming to settle amongst the Jews, he counted them. Unfortunately, when they died after the Chet Egel, he counted them to know how many were left. Rashi used the word to hint to us the change that was done to the Jewish nation. We see before, in Chumash Vayikra and Shmini, chapter Yud, verse 12, chapter 10, verse 12, Beirik Yud, Pasuk Yud Beis, Rashi explains, when it came to Lozan Isamar, he says, Neisarim, they were remaining sons of Aaron that didn't pass away, Haneisarim in Amiso, they, left, they were left over from the death, Chuli. Because Afalayim Niknesa Misa Lavana Eagle. They too went into this the punishment of the death of, the, of, an, of an eagle. Which means to say, they were Nasarim. They showed that they too were punished. And the fact that they remained alive. Is a chiddush miyuch. Is a special thing. Therefore, we say here also the kavanah of Rashi to let us know me and Hanei Sarim after Chet Eagle how many remained alive. Mm-hmm. The truth is, this was a gezeira that everybody Rechman and Slan the entire Klal Yisrael should be destroyed. Vayichar af v'bahem ve'achlam. My anger was so strong in them, I wanted to consume them. Ve'af aleim niknesa. Misa. They all were punishable by death. The fact that these people were left over alive, this was a special Kiddush. And therefore, when they came out of Mitzrayim, he counted them, because it was a special freedom. However, now when he counted them, after the sin of the eagle, this was in order to see the ones that were spared death, and they were given life. The Gemara in Megillah, if you keep your score at home, Yudalar Amar Aleph, it says, Uma me'avdus l'cheiras amrina shira, memisa l'chayim le'kol shikain. If they sang shira, they sang praise to God, when they went from slavitude to freedom, so much more so, when they went from certain death to life, they sang shira. And we are going to merit this Shabbos, or before the Shabbos, before the Shchedesh, to sing the Shira Asiri, the tenth Shira, with the Geula Mitzvah Hashlema. Tomorrow is Erev Shchedish Sivan. The Shalah Hakadosh made a special prayer for Erev Shchedish Sivan. It's very special, especially for to pray for children and for the well-being of our children. You can find it online. The prayer of the Shalah Hakadosh. It's very commendable. I mean, it's not a mini Chabad actually, but I know many, many people that do it, and may it actually come into fruition to each and every one of us, when we zeche to banim and b'nei banim, eskim batelev and mitzvahs, and layamush mipizaram, zarazaram ad elom, the tater should never leave the mouths or the hearts of our children, their children, and forever and ever all our future generations. Shabbat Shalom to all.